You're listening to the Pittsburgh Piledriver Podcast. You're listening to the Pittsburgh Piledriver. What the hell is that? Podcast. Ding, ding, ding. We don't have time for this bullshit. We have so much to talk about. Shut the hell up, Ransom. No one has time for your insanity. We've got so much to talk about. If you hadn't guessed, this is the Pittsburgh Piledriver Podcast. How do you know that? Because you clicked on the stupid thing that says Pittsburgh Piledriver Podcast. Right? So you know, you know what you're listening to, you know what we got. We talk wrestling on the regs, weekly, a weekly wrestling podcast. Such a thing you should subscribe to because it's awesome. We have so much to talk about, we don't have time for this. To get through everything, it's gonna be super hard. That's what she said, nope, we don't have time. Listen, Ransom the Madman, Poop the Strongman, uh, Strong Style, nope, that's the guy that punches in the dick. Um, Poop the Barbarian, <laughs> hey, I'll get it one day. <laughs> the legend and retaining once again the best the best damn chooserweight champ there ever was tiger bomb tom you Rest pronounce his name incorrectly it's ty tiger bomb tom okay That's we also don't have we also don't tiger have time bomb for your boo hooey for your boo yeah oh he tied and didn't win ba, ba, ba. guess who still has the belt? get a helmet let's talk wrestling Okay, well, let's just keep talking over everybody. Exactly. So, uh, oh my gosh, it's like Melanie. Uh, we've got Black Friday, take two, except it's Thursday. WrestleMania happened. What a disappointing night two. What a decent night one. And also a disappointing follow-up to WrestleMania, which was Monday Night Raw. I don't know what the hell is happening with WWE, but they're clearly not doing it right. The only thing they're doing right is allowing Chris Jericho to show up on the Broken Skull Sessions. Hey, guys, it's happened again. More cuts, more cuts. People be fired. What's going on? If I may, if I may, because I did the fast count news really quick. Um, Because I have the article pulled up here just for this exact occasion. Uh, I found this out via webisjericho.com, ironically. um, (laughs) And uh, it it said it was exactly one year since the last mass firing, which we all know, Eric Rowan, Primo, Epico, Zack Ryder, etc., ad nauseum, that whole rogues gallery. Now this year, we're kicking it off. Not nearly as bad, but there was one added since uh, the initial post. I'm sure in the next day or two, there might be a handful more, but we'll see. Uh, WWE has released the following superstars, okay? They are wishing them their best in their future masturbations. So, uh, the, uh, the, the following superstars have been released. Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, the Iconics, are no more. Uh, Mickey James, for like I said on Fast Count News for the nine millionth time, God bless her. Uh, Bo Dallas, so bye-bye any chance of doing something interesting with Bo and Bray. Um, Chelsea Green, uh, so again, she can go and uh, be off with her significant other, as can Peyton Royce, presumably. Kalisto, which is one that I think is a little... I, that 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 uh, Grand Metalik and um, um, the Lince Dorado. Lince Dorado, thank you, are are still there. Not not anything against them. I just think Kalisto is you know has the bigger lineage. Obviously, Tucker from Heavy Machinery is gone. 
So Ugh. no Heavy Machinery reunion. Wesley Blake, which, uh, okay, I kind of get. Um, and then the big one, the keynote one here, is Samoa Joe. They let Samoa Joe go, which but, but it, it, it's like WWE is trying just to create like go like oh look at this gold he's awesome on promos he's awesome in the ring he's fan he's he's good on uh, uh commentary joe does everything right and we're gonna just let him go because reasons now to be fair as i said again on fast count news joe's a little long in the tooth uh and he has had uh, a couple injuries however however that doesn't mean that he's he doesn't have any gas left in the tank boys um what do you guys think of these releases before we get into possible maybe predicting some some other releases coming up what do you guys think of all this i, I think the numbers don't lie and they spell disaster for Smoa joe today at wwe um <laughs> i it sucks okay they um i mean it, it just it, it's sad to see him go because even if he wasn't going to be used in the ring, he was he was really good on commentary. Yep. Um, so, I mean, at the very least, they could have kept him doing that. Now, maybe Joe didn't want to stay on commentary. I don't know. But, I mean, you know, we won't know until we hear something straight from the horse's mouth. I, I was really I was really scratching my head at the at the announcement of uh, Chelsea Green because I don't know. It seemed like she had been like, it, it seemed like that she was signed to NXT and then maybe she wasn't. And then she was again. And like, they've been very fucking wishy-washy on getting her in, uh, getting her foot in the door. And at one point, wasn't she on Monday night raw? Didn't she have a match against like Charlotte or something on I Monday night raw? I thought on SmackDown beef. Can you uh, correct me on that one? I don't know. I thought it was raw. I thought, uh, yeah, I thought like within, within the last, within the last year, she was at least on Monday Night Raw once because we were like, oh, okay, cool. Here it comes. Like, there's Chelsea Green. And then, nope, she was nowhere to be found. And then all of a sudden, hey, she's going to be back again. And then, nope, nowhere to be found. And now she's fucking gone. She gone. Almost My like dude. she just had a match at WrestleMania and then got released. I know, right? Pretty much. Pretty My much. dudes, my, my dudes, you're looking at this the wrong way. And yes, we weep. We weep for their WWE careers that were unfulfilled. But at the end of the day, and, and you know, like Tom said, we, we, we won't know until we start hearing some stuff. But I don't know that these aren't, like, requests. Um, you yeah, couldn't these be Green. people that have wanted to leave? Right. You look at Chelsea Green. Uh, her happily boyfriend is now an impact. You look at um, Peyton Royce. Her husband, I think, are married. Sean yes. Spears is an AEW. Yeah. Right. Billy Kay is obviously Peyton Royce's best friend. They've been best friends since teenagers. Samoa Joe's been sitting at the fucking commentary table for longer than fucking Braun Strowman's had choo-choo noises. Um, like, I, I, I don't, I, I don't understand. I, I don't understand. That's like this. This is like that time that WWE tried to put Punk on commentary. And he was so damn good, and then they just didn't bring him back. Yep. They kept him off TV until he was healed. I'm like, why the fuck? Samoa Joe hurts. It really stings. But at the end of the day, I know Samoa Joe is going to end up in AEW. Uh, I'm very willing to believe that the Iconics are probably going to end up in AEW. I, you know, I, 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 I thought 
and I and I postulated this. I don't know if you watched the Fast Count News or not, Beef. Um, I postulated. I think now, obviously, AEW is 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 kind of the promised land right now. It's like anyone who's released that has name of value, we kind of w- wouldn't mind seeing going to AEW. However, I would like. I think Joe would do really, really well in Japan. You know, NJPW is Tucker. I want to see Tucker go to go, go to New Japan because just he's be got Gaijin that, Haas, just big Gaijin yeah, Haas. Yep, yep, he's got like the Michael Elgin vibe, but twice as talented and not near as rapey. Ooh. So, um, okay. you know, Tucker's Tucker's a guy that I could see doing well in Japan. Joe, you know, <clears throat> uh, and Tom mentioned this as well. Joe's not a spring chicken. He's had his main events. He's come up. And let's not forget, he came out with the so he came up with the SoCal crew. I'm talking Excalibur. I'm talking Super Dragon. I'm talking the Young Bucks. I'm talking Kazarian. Um, I'm talking Scorpio Sky. Guys who are in a, who are in AEW. Yeah, There's yeah. not a doubt in my mind that he shows up on AEW. It's just a matter of when and whether they're calling him Samoa Joe. But here's the here's the one problem, and we've talked about this before. It's nice that you know that there is a, that there are options for everybody to go you know for for wrestlers outside of WWE. You know, it's not just it's not the only place available now, and we know that, and that's that's great. Bloated. But but yes, we don't want to see the AEW roster get so bloated before they have a, a, another show. TV show. Because, like, yes, it's nice that they have AEW Dark, and it's nice that they have AEW Dark Elevation, and that's great. Um, we actually got a couple of our local guys from IWC. We had uh, Andrew Palace and Cole Carter uh, just recently on, I think, either Dark or Dark Elevation or uh, it was, one of each. I think it was Cole Dark Carter Elevation. Was on, Cole Carter Dark was Elevation. on Dynamite. He jobbed to um, uh, who did he job? Uh, Lance he Archer. To, yeah, to, to Archer. Yeah. And then, uh, oh, and then uh, last, I think it was last week or the week before last, one of the two, um, Andrew Palace was on Dynamite. He was in the crowd. He was a quote unquote fan. Uh, that I think, uh, I think he was there too because I because I caught him in the background. I'm like, is that Andrew Palace or is that Griff Garrison? I couldn't tell. No, and yeah, because yeah. remember I sent it to you guys in the group chat, and I was like, oh, I was like, I th- I'm pretty sure that's Andrew Palace. And then I checked his timeline because I'm friends with him, and I'm like, ah, yep, that was him. They were like, everybody was like, enjoy that beer as well deserved. But again, uh, going back to, the, you know, we don't want to get the AEW roster too, too bloated before there's another national uh, you know, TV show, a, a, a proper show. See, if- everybody keeps saying that and everybody keeps talking about how it's too full. There's too many people in AEW. And yet, like, everybody's got a place. Like, maybe everybody doesn't make TV every single week, but that's okay. As long as you have a place, as long as you have an in, a feud, as long as you're on TV, you know, a couple times a month, I think that that's all right. And you can handle your other business on Dark and Dark Elevation. Uh, AEW, for as much talent as they have, I think they're handling it very well. Uh, the, I mean, I don't get me wrong. Th- Go ahead. I have a theory. Yeah. Now... As we can tell by the way that my picks normally pan out, my theories don't spread any water. <laughs> but I have a theory nonetheless. Is it possible that AEW is collecting talent, not wasting it? Like Beef said, everybody has a place. You might not make TV every week, but everybody has a place. They're building a roster. Is it possible that 
they want to get either a complete roster solidified for a second brand or have a roster that's bloated enough that they can take that pitch, whether it's to one of the Turner networks, TNT, whatever, or to a different network and say, hey, we want to do a second show. Look at the roster we have. We can have A through whatever on the first show. We can have whatever through Z on the second show. It's not going to be stale. You'll have new people, new faces on each show. It's not going to be a repeat. Like show two is not going to be just a repeat of show one. Is it possible they're building up their brand talent-wise so that then they can take that pitch and say, look at what we have. Look at what we can do with a second show. That way you have all your ducks in a row before you pitch a second show and say, hey, I think we can do it. Like, I think we got what it takes. If you have enough people, you can present this to whoever and say, we have what it takes. Look at the roster. Is that a possibility? No pitch needed because TNT has already said, hey, we're going to do a second AEW show. It's going to happen. It's just that the pandemic kind of pinned everybody to the wall and everyone kind Mm. of struggled for a year. Now that we're starting to get some ground back and everybody's starting to get in their footing again, uh, by the way, AEW, is, uh, as far as I understand, has been given the all-clear for full audiences at uh, Daly's Place. Yeah, we uh, heard about that on Saturday. Somebody said that in the live stream. But uh, the, Ooh, good. the bottom line here is that TNT's already like committed to it. They're already saying, hey, let's fucking do it. It's just a matter of the when, the where, the how, and all that. Um the win is going to be. That's the case. Uh, I don't have them. I like. I don't have a problem with them collecting talent. Right. If TNT has already said, "Yeah, man, you guys are good to go," I don't have a problem with them collecting talent because I know somewhere down the line we'll have a second show, and people that aren't getting utilized on a weekly basis will start to become utilized because of that second show. That makes me a lot more comfortable thinking, like, well, what if Samojo does go to AEW? What if so and so does go to AEW? Yeah, and that's if they already I, have a and, second show in the works. Like, like, let's do it. And that was my point. Like, everybody's like, "Oh man, you know, poor Samoa Joe, poor Billy Kay, poor Peyton Royce, poor Chelsea Green." No man, like, <laughs> poor Samoa Joe was spending the last year and a half behind the commentary desk. Poor Billy Billy Kay and Peyton Royce was breaking up the Iconics. Poor Chelsea Green was given a flaming hot start in eight in, in, in NXT only to be pissed on and pulled up to the main roster. That was poor, all those people. This is a fucking second coming. This is like lifeblood directed into their veins. I'm excited to see the Iconics back together. I'm excited to see the hot mess Chelsea Green, and God help me, I'm excited to see Samoa Joe wrestling again. I I, I, I do have one question. I do have one question. When he went from Impact, or wherever he last was, to WWE... Do you think he signed over the rights to Samoa Joe when he went there? Or do you think he said, nope, if you want me to come here, I keep that? Yes, that's we'll see. my burning well, question. I Well, most, well, that's one of the reasons why uh, so many people, you know, change their name when they come to WWE so that if it doesn't work out or if they get released, then they can subsequently use their, you know, their name from the indies. You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 now and again, Joe might have been smart enough that beforehand he got the trademark 
to the name Samoa Joe in the context of professional wrestling. So maybe WWE would have had to, you know, they it would have they would have been insane to try and fight Joe or rename Joe. That it you just don't. He's just he's one of those guys. Can you imagine? It's not the whole what's Samoa Joey doing in the impact zone, but like it um it, just imagine him going by a different name. It would be weird. It just would. Yeah. He's Samoa yeah. Joe. It's kind. Of, it'd be like if you if you called Shawn Michaels something else. It's just not. It, if you gave him his real name, uh, Shawn Hickenbottom. You know what I mean? Michael. It's just Michael. Michael. Michael oh, Michael Sean Hickenbottom. Hickenbottom. Thank you, Michael yeah. Hickenbottom. Uh, like that. That's my point. Is that like I think it'd be good. And beef, you make an excellent, salient point. The thing is, it's not so much me going poor this talent. That's not that wasn't meant to be my 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 point. It's more I look at WWE and I go, what are you doing? Instead of instead of cons- like they just consistently do this no matter how much noise is directed at them otherwise. And I understand we're not in the business. We're fans. I get it. But like you would think eventually they would go, you know what? We need to start relying on other talent and look at the wealth of either you know, veteran people like Samoa Joe who have been around and they go, man, this guy can still go. He could be really good to help out talent and he could still go in the mid, upper mid or even upper card. And you have all this young talent that is so entertaining, like the Iconics. When I first saw the Iconics gimmick, I was like, nope, hate it, hate this, hate this so much. And then very quickly, just because how endearing they are and how much they commit to those characters and make them believable... I was sold on it, and I love the Iconics. And then... Real quick, I, I have an answer about the names. Um, Joe owns the trademarks for his name, so he will be able to use the name for the future. Sweet. Uh, Bo Dallas can register the name on his own if he wishes to continue to use it due to abandonment. Uh, Chelsea Green has yet to be registered. by WWE attempted to file, but they, um, they have yet to be registered, so she can register... Uh, Tucker Knight is owned by WWE. It looks like he's going to go by Levi Cooper, which is a great name anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kalisto, Mickey James, Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, all owned by WWE. Mojo Raleigh got released too? I didn't see that. Oh, he did? Was that just updated? Well, I'm not surprised. I I thought he was released a while ago, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. Like, and that's 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 not being smart, you know? That's that's no, a I, waste I, of talent too. Like, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, he wasn't the best on the microphone or anything, but like, honestly, like, I really, I really dug the whole hype bros thing with him and Zack Ryder. I thought that was a good team. They never really got a good push, but yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, but, Mo, Mojo was just announced two hours ago. But so ah, my, well, there we go. My my point is with this is that in it's it's more. It's not the I'm I'm sad for the talent because they're going to be just fine. For me, it's more along the lines of WWE. You are a constant disappointment. You are a constant disappointment, and 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 like how how can you not utilize? Not saying that everybody and their brother is going to be at the top of the card, but like how do you not utilize talent and just pitch them away? People love the Iconics. They love, now, you know, look, Bo Dallas. WWE is utilizing their talent. They really are. I mean, on, on Monday Night Raw, Randy Orton was in a triple threat match for the number one contendership for the WWE title. You're telling me they're not utilizing young, hot talent? Come on. 
Uh, you're okay. You know what? I stand corrected. That young upstart, Randy Orton. I forgot all about him because he's so new. I, I you know. Let me let me let me go on a limb and predict oh two that are coming forthcoming. If we don't see Keith Lee on Friday on SmackDown, I think that Keith Lee, Keith Lee oh, and Mia Yim are on their way. Either oh. that or back to NXT. Oh. One of those two things is bound to happen because that, I can't imagine either one of those two sitting on the sidelines saying, yeah, I'm cool and catering. That would be utterly, utterly devastatingly foolish to let Keith Lee go and, yep. and Mia Yim, for God's sake. Well, I mean, Honestly, fuck, they have Sorry, Go I was ahead. gonna say I they haven't used Mia Yim ever since they brought her up on the main roster. Can anybody honestly sit here and tell me that they recall seeing Mia Yim wrestle a match on Monday Night Raw? Mm-hmm. She was in a max tag. She was in a max tag match with uh, Retribution. Yeah. Okay. How Maybe was she? One, was she ever? Like tons. Okay. Okay. Was she ever in a singles match on her own? On I Monday Night Raw, one. I believe she was in one singles match, on and Raw. and she lost. Oh, okay, it. she one. lost it. Yep. So, so that's two matches that we can think of off the top of our head. In how long has Retribution been on Monday Night Raw? Too fucking long. Uh, at least six months, <laughs> right? Yep. Yeah, that's that is a fucking utter disappointment right there in itself because she was she was great down in NXT, and they just fucking pissed all over her. Like they now look, just, Keith, yeah, Keith Lee. I'm, I'm fine with if if Beef's prediction comes true, I'm fine with either option for Keith Lee. If he goes to NXT, I think it'll be a rebirth for him. I think he will float very quickly back to the top of the NXT uh, card. I, I'm confident of that. Or if he goes out on his own. I think he'll succeed wherever he goes, whether it's AEW, New Japan, Impact, it doesn't matter. I think either option is great for him because staying on the main roster, like I just don't, I don't see great things for him, at least in the near to mid future. I don't. So if he goes either place, NXT or leaves WWE, I'm happy for that because I think he'll get the chance to shine where he wouldn't if he was on Raw or SmackDown. You know, it's it's funny that you say you don't see great things for him. Like, I don't see him at all. He's fucking John Cena. He's I can't. Where is he? Where the fuck is well, Keith Lee? Where? Point. Where is he? I. He's the he's the hide and seek master of 2021. Cause I ain't fucking seen him on TV yet. Dude, how much? So make a salient point. Jeez. How? Christ, WWE, how get your angry. shit together. How angry do you think Triple H is watching like uh, the Iconics who he helped build uh, fucking trip uh, Samoa or, Joe or like, like all the fucking, Green. or all the NXT talent that gets fucking pulled up to Monday Night Raw or over to SmackDown gets pissed away that we're fucking superstars in NXT. I and, just, and, yeah. Like I, 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 I'd be pissed. I can't imagine him seeing like him watching this happen, like see them pulled up before they're and. I say before they're ready because I think Triple H has a pretty good eye about that. I think that the Iconics were on like the precipice of getting real fucking over and then they were snatched up. Chelsea Green had a great angle, snatched up. Samoa Joe was there for a cup of coffee, snatched up. I think that had Triple H had a timeline of, hey, we want these superstars eventually, he would, he, he would have done better with them in NXT. Not that he didn't do great with them as it was, but it's got to really cheese him off whenever he sees that happen. 
And then they get released a couple years later, and he's like, what the fuck am I even doing here? Well, and, and I w- go ahead, Ransom. Uh, hold on. Sorry, I had to hydrate. Um, my, mine's real quick here, Poot. M- my thought is, is I wonder how much he has to fight to say, please don't release them. Please give them back to me. Please I, give them back. Give me, give me them back. Give me, give me back to NXT. Give me, give me, give me. I, I just, I wonder because I bet he could do great things again with them. No matter how much they're ruined on the main roster, I don't want to say that. No matter how much they're ruined on Raw or SmackDown, if he gets them back in NXT. Like, I, I bet he could shoot them right back to the top in popularity. I bet the people who are very loyal to NXT would would get back with them in an instant. So I imagine his frustration is twofold. I'd spend this time building them up, and you destroy them, and you don't even bother giving them back to me. You just kick them to the curb. Your point, I think you, you have a fantastic point, because, I mean, even though they're on Raw and SmackDown now, uh, if if anybody watched NXT, they had a nice little uh, you know reunion there uh, of all the the new women's champs. You had Raquel Gonzalez, Bianca Belair, and Rhea Ripley all in the ring together, and you know all kind of sharing a moment like, "Hey, we all fucking did it! Hurrah, hurrah for us!" Although on that note, I will say, poor Dakota Kai, she's the you know fucking fourth wheel on a tandem bicycle that is absolutely not needed there like it's just kind of like she just kind of once bianca beller's music hit they she just kind of like if you watch you saw the ropes kind of move and she was just gone out of camera shot not to be seen again for the rest of the segment it's just wow. like meh um Poot, what was your point I don't even remember anymore the um oh, no. uh no that that was just that was just because i was thinking about this like it it's it's just oh it was sending them back to NXT. I honestly thought I was like man, Bo Dallas going back there would be great and re revamping him from the the Bo Leave thing I think would be cool. Um and I thought I thought Joe going back would be good cuz just imagine Joe and Karrion Cross. Oh. oh, right. And but the, oh. but 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 it stands true beef made an excellent point and I didn't even think about the class of people that he came up with. I I think going going to AEW would be a phenomenal phenomenal move for um uh for Joe. But I think the iconics going there would be better because how often have we said that AEW's women roster is like Yep. You know? Yep. They could pump it up for sure. I think it would Absolutely. be a great find for them. Uh, Billy, she tries. Um, I, you know, B- Billy has charisma. That, that's what I'll say about Billy Kay. She has charisma in spades. Like, Peyton is kind of a, you know, on-the-book character. What you see is what you get. But Billy Kay is the real, like, firecracker of well, that duo. When, and that's why they work so well as a fucking team, because what one did well, the other needed help with, and vice versa. Well, and Billy Kay, her original gimmick in NXT, I loved. I loved it. The, the like, whole haunting, dark, like, elegant ballerina thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and it, black swan Yeah, black swan kind of thing. Loved it. And I was like, man, there's probably going to be legs to this. And Christ alive, I was wrong. But it gave us the Iconics. So can't complain. Chelsea Green, I think, is another one, too. The only sucky oh, the thing mess. is that 
Matt Cardona is in Impact and not in AEW, although he has made, you know, appearances for AEW, and obviously AEW and Impact have a nice little fostering a relationship. But when Chelsea Green signed with NXT, she was one of the biggest free agent signings at that time, uh, outside of Tessa Blanchard, who was, you know, fuck all, who knows where she is. Um, but, like, Chelsea Green was, she she was on All Out, if, if or uh, All In, rather, if you guys remember. Yeah, She was a part in, of yeah. that uh, a Fatal 4-Way match um, with, with all the women uh, championship contenders, with all the women, like, having the belts. So, yeah, I mean, like, she, she I think, would really give the AEW women's division a shot in the arm. Uh, plus, and this is what I love about AEW. I'm, I'm going to grandstand for a minute. AEW is not necessarily like visiting the sins of Impact Past, where they bring in a guy and he's immediately their world champion. Um, you know, Christian's in a nice little. Uh, he's, I think, I think he's kind of working with Team Taz, which I'm fine with. Um, so like somebody who's new and fresh, Sting, an, another guy. He's not an immediate world champion. So, like, I don't think that they're going to bring these people in and immediately put a rocket on their back. Right. Uh, unless they absolutely deserve it, in Samoa Joe's case. Chelsea Green, for example, I think would have to work her way through, like, the blossoming Jade Cargill, uh, who's doing fucking wonders. The yep. Britt Baker, who hasn't got her come up in yet, etc. But, yes, that would certainly be a shot in the arm. It's it's funny that you mentioned Christian because that's actually I have I have dynamite on right now. I'm watching it, uh, you know, without the volume on just to uh, just to see the matches and stuff that I that I didn't get a chance to catch yet. And and to your point, yeah, just because they bring in, you know, somebody like look at, you know, Lance Archer. I think anybody would have thought like, oh, man, they're going to, you know, trap a rocket to him. And like, no, he's 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 not, you know. He's he's faffed around in some main event scenes, but he's not immediately thrusted into that. And it's just, uh, I, you know, it's we we have to remember like the one thing with AEW is how young the company still is. You know, like with with Kenny Omega, Kenny is only you know the the third um, AEW World Heavyweight Champion, and what now almost coming up on two years. Is that where we're at? Two years in October. Although I mean, you know, yeah, in theory. Well, I'm it, I'm going yeah. I'm going since like the actual like like all out or double yeah, or nothing. And it or would actually or... be well if 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 we're going from all out, I think it would actually be three years in October. No, wouldn't it be two? No, man. Cause we had well, because last year was the pandemic, and the summer before that was uh was we've the had, first we've had two all outs so far. So the first all in would have been three years ago. Wow. Well, there you go. Okay. So even still, a a, a young company, uh, regardless. So there is that. Um, it, you know, and the, these guys are like you know, like Lance Archer and some others that they're not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, I think I I I feel from everything that I've heard from all the podcasts that I've listened to, um you know of different people like on AEW unrestricted there there's a very good locker room mentality and stuff like that there's a very good familial uh type of setting and stuff like that you know everybody says how well tony khan treats them and stuff like that um so 
So I, I don't see, you know, these people going anywhere anytime soon. So like Britt Baker, as you mentioned, like she hasn't, you know, she hasn't gotten the world title, the women's title yet. I honestly, like, I can't wait for that to happen because I think she absolutely deserves it. Yeah. Um, but it, but all in due time, you know, the point, point being is that, it, it you know, it wouldn't be a bad thing to see Chelsea Green come in and have to work her way up. It wouldn't be a bad thing to see Billy Kay and Peyton Royce come in, you know, and have to work their way up and stuff like that. I'm here for it because they they could definitely, I think they could definitely help out the women's division a lot. Well, it, and let's not let's not believe the fact that there isn't issues because like Eva Lee's, um, uh left AEW, uh, or was was released or left. Uh, over backstage issues and she's claiming that she was mistreated and that uh Who? like uh Ivelisse. Uh she's claiming I, I must admit her. She yeah, she was in a program with uh Thunder Rosa and she claimed that Thunder Rosa don't you remember that match uh beef or uh beef or ransom that um Ivelisse and Thunder Rosa had that match and it was like awkward and it looked like they weren't cooperating with each other. Yep, I yep. think Thunder yeah. Rosa like stiffed her a couple times. Yeah, Thunder Ro- Thunder Rosa stiffed her, and she said that Thunder Rosa was not cooperating with her because they had uh, heat with each other from Lucha Underground. Um, oh, yeah, and it's and, and it's a whole thing that it's like this is just kind of haunting her. Apparently, she had a disagreement with uh, Creative backstage or Booker's backstage, and you know, and- well, that's fucking stupid. I mean, you know. <laughs> You got to see the writing on the wall. If you're an A character, a B character, a C character, a D character, if you're a D character that barely makes the show and you're going to try and go up against an A character, no, no way you're going to fucking win. You eat that shit. I don't care who you have heat with. You eat that shit because you know that your time will come if you're a good enough athlete. So, you know what? Jesus. Like, and that's everybody who leaves their job, either on their own terms or not. Uh, well, especially whenever it's not their own terms, never has fond things to say about their employer. Uh, so, you know what? Like, I, I take all that with a grain of salt. And, and I'm sure that it's not all roses and gumdrops over in AEW. And yes, oh, they no. have their faults. But, you know, bottom line is, I think that that's this particular group crop of talents that's been released from WWE. Uh, I would certainly not shed a tear for seeing any of them uh, show up in AEW. Although, like I said, I, I think I think that Tucker Knight is best served, um, yeah, uh, overseas in Japan. Uh, wouldn't mind seeing Mickey sign on as, like, a uh, consultant to the women's division. I think that she could do a lot of great work because she gets for it. AEW? For AEW? For AEW, because she gets it, man. Oh, yeah. She understands a great match when she sees one, so. True. Um, well, we and we could uh, not not trying to push forward. We could go on and on and on about this, but we got to talk push about. Um, pardon, I said push it, do it, push it. Yeah, uh, do it. we got to go on. We got to talk about WrestleMania, boys. Oh boy, yeah. Um, All right, so uh, I think that uh, overall general consensus night one was good. Would we all agree? Yes. Yeah, yes. I I, yep. I remember on, on the way home from your house, Tom. I said. It was a strong B plus. Yep. And I remember thinking to myself, if we get and and I really expected night through night two to deliver. And I said, if we get this kind of a great wrestling, it's gonna be one of the most memorable and exciting oh. WrestleManias in history. Oh, poor Woo! delusion. 
delusional beef. Was I wrong? Our delusional beef. I. Yeah. So night two. Oh man, what a fucking just and shit that's what show. I learned, never and trust a McMahon. I, I I will say this. That's only, when. Huh, that's yeah. I was gonna say you. That's wow. Point. Uh, I I will say working from the end backwards. The probably one of the probably one of the only bright spots about the about WrestleMania night two, depending on your perspective and depending on your opinion was the main event because we were all fucking wrong. <laughs> and so, uh, here's, <coughs> here's my issue with the main event. And, and I, I I've come to really dig Roman Reigns and I, and I thought that he looked great and I loved him like beating a motherfucker with another motherfucker and pinning them both at the same <laughs> time. Mario like, 2 style. Yeah. That was a great WrestleMania moment for a man who already has several. Yeah. That's going to be one that a lot of people look at and go, man, look at this dominant guy. The mm-hmm. problem is that he's a heel champion that I think probably shouldn't have won. But I, I it would have been easier for me to digest had we not had Sheamus, a heel challenger, win a title, um, um, Apollo Cruz, Apollo Cruz, a heel challenger, win a title. Yep. And the Fiend, a fucking supernova, white hot fucking baby meat, like. Wow. Uh, uh, Overcooked just, baby uh, meat. Somebody talk. All right, I got so, it. I, all right, I got. I got it. Uh, okay. if, if I may. So I'm going to touch on The Fiend. I'm going to do this because I, I was so excited, and I'm sure we all were. But The Fiend, this was something. Uh, and I, again, I did an FCNC. I'm, do, I'm doing content. I'm doing the content. The, um, uh, the, the Fiend, God, The Fiend, like, it was the 11th hour that that was changed. It was the day of the event. It was the day of the event that this apparently was changed. And was this allegedly or confirmed? No, it's confirmed that this this was like Ugh. a Sunday change like Ugh. that to, to to the whole thing. And and, and it, it just befuddles me because the fiend was supposed to go over and they were supposed to march merrily on him and Alexa Bliss. And then this was changed uh, and then they just went rogue with it and and split them up. And Bray Wyatt's talking about having a rebirth. And Alexa Bliss is doing this. And she has that weird little doll with her. And listen, I'm willing, I'm willing to give it like a half a chance. But this is it. Like, I'm willing to watch where it goes because I have no choice in the matter. Like, I have to watch where it goes because we can't undo it. You know what I mean? We absolutely Did you watch can't. Raw on Monday, Poot? I no, you but I, I read I read the I read reviews and I read reports and stuff like that. I'm just not I'm sorry. I'm not, like they should have they should have just t- it was almost like they went, Hey, we're standing three feet away from the broadside of a barn. Let's go ahead and fire at it. Let's pull the trigger at it. You know what? I've got a twenty two and I want to try and shoot for that target that's 500,000 yards away. Let's do that instead. 45-degree angle. Here's, here, here's, here's 100% my problem, and then I'll shut up and let you guys talk some more. But, like, that completely soured me 
on WrestleMania night two, and Poot was sitting right beside me on my couch, and he was like, dude, you, you, you gotta give the rest of the card a chance. I couldn't. It broke my heart, because I had all these lofty expectations, thinking, hey, this has a shot at being a great WrestleMania. And the minute, because I, I, I said to him fucking 24 hours earlier, man, there's not one match in this card that if somebody wins, is going to ruin the whole card for me. Oh, I lied. There's one, Randy Orton. But they'll never do that. And it fucking hit, and it soured me, and I didn't give two fucks about the rest of the card. Then following up with the fucking trash fire match of the, the women's title match, right after it was not a fucking good idea either. Yeah, I, I, here's my, my thing. And I'm, you know, I, I mentioned it on my raw review on Tuesday morning is like the only potential bright spot is if they can make some sort of long-term booking out of this fiend thing. But the thing is, is they could have still gone this direction with Alexa bliss, kind of like the, the student becomes the master sort of thing. They could have done it. And still had Bray go over at Mania. This could have been something. This could have been a new story, a new chapter that they started after WrestleMania. It, this could have started to you could have started planting the seeds of dissent. You know, uh, there there's so many different ways. There's so many ways it could have gone, but they chose the shittiest way to do it, and that's yep. that's the biggest problem. Now, uh. And and I, I I by that definitely I was with beef on that like by by that by that first match it really did sour the whole tone for me I started to doze off at different points throughout night two and I was I was back in it I I had my second wind by the triple threat match and I'm sitting there watching it and God bless my girlfriend she still stayed up with me we both had Monday off anyways it didn't matter um but. I'm sitting there towards the end of the match and I told her, I was like, all right, as long as edge doesn't win, I'm golden. And then I was like, and then I said to her, I was like, the way this night's going, watch fucking Roman Reigns win this. Watch us, watch this choose away title thing be a tie. Watch me never hear the end of it from beef. And then fucking what happens? Yeah, there there you go. Like, it's just, it's like, I should have fucking figured that's how this night was going to end. It just fucking meh. Like, just meh. That's that's WrestleMania Night Two. Meh. That could have been the tagline for it. it. It's I I I don't I don't understand a lot of the booking from that. Like the Sheamus and and Riddle match. If they're trying to punish Riddle, I get it. Um, I I get Sheamus going over the. <laughs> the Apollo Crews thing, I guess maybe I can kind of get it, but I, God, I can't wait till six months from now when his fucking fake ass Nigerian accent goes away and we're all just going, hey, wait a minute, weren't you? Oh, okay. Um, I, of, of course, we got a uh, big bad Bacchus. If anybody remembers him from Raw Underground, does anybody remember him? No? Good. Let's move on from that. Uh, Bacchus is with fucking apollo cruz now he's gonna be his uh muscle so there's that it's just a whole lot again a whole lot of meh that was night two i i don't know here's so the i i don't have an issue with roman and Reigns winning i don't have an issue with riddle losing i don't have an issue with apollo winning 
those are all things the Seamus thing not so much but the other two are things that make sense but here's the thing like you start your sandwich by burning the bottom piece of bread you then put on a questionable piece of meatloaf like been sitting in your fridge for a couple of weeks you Are then you add some Is this pickles. coming from personal experience beef maybe you then <laughs> add some pickles that that, that that have been you know resonant in your fridge longer than most people live in apartments oh, you no. then add some olives that are probably not the right shade of green anymore you get what i'm saying you like piece of shit after piece of shit after piece of shit if you know that you and, and clearly they didn't to poot's point obviously they didn't have a fucking clue what they were doing but if you knew for a second that you were going to have all this, like, shit, crap, heels winning on night two, why not better disperse that out? <clears throat> why not put Apollo Crews versus Big E on night one of the card and swap that out for, um, you know, I, I don't know. Who, who fucking knows? My, my point is this, is that, like, the heels retaining on night two of WrestleMania, the, 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 the big show. Like, let's not muddle words. Night 2 felt like the bigger night of WrestleMania because that's what we're all accustomed to doing is watching WrestleMania on Sundays. Damn near every heel won except for Rhea Ripley. And the week before the, the match, she was booked as the heel on Raw. So, like, you know, you, you got to come a long way to convince me why you're having every single fucking heel win on the biggest show of the year. Yeah, and, and you kind of go against the whole thing of send the fans home happy. Like that isn't that like the well, like the, the unspoken WrestleMania rule? But that's well, the trope. Kevin Owens won. That's so like, like, well, Kevin so Owens did, won. So, so did Bianca Belair. Ransom, what's your take on this? Um I, I feel like I'm as has has been trending. Should be no surprise. I'm in agreement with beef. The first match with Orton going over on The Fiend, and I won't even call it a fucky ending. Like, it was... I, I feel like that was a clean win for Orton. Like, sure, there was goo coming down of uh, what's-her-face's face. It distracted yeah, The Fiend. Ah, uh, if only. Yeah, but at the same time, like... Magoo! No, I, I feel like that was a clean win for Orton. At the end of that match, when the live crowd was booing the Fiend match, when you have, when you have, and let's let's face it, I consider night one and night two to be the first time that a crowd was in, in attendance. I don't consider night one to be the first time and night two to be something else. Like it's this is one show to, over two nights, same crowd. You have them booing the Fiend. Ah. That took all of the wind out of the sails of night two for me. Just completely deflated it. I'm going to tell you this. Night two was so unmemorable for me. I didn't stay up to watch the main event. And I can't tell you what the last match was that I watched. I'm sure if you run them down, like this match happened, this match happened, this match happened. I could probably tell you when I fell asleep. But if I had to go back on my own fruition and go like... When did I, when did I check out and just give in to sleep? I couldn't tell you. I have no idea. That's how unmemorable night two was. Night one was very memorable. Now I, <clears throat> I chalked that up a little bit to all of us being able to watch it together. 
Um, I listened to the main event on my way home. So I listened to the whole thing. I heard the hair whip of doom. Oh, man. Um, night one was was great. I'll remember what happened on night one. I'll remember night one of WrestleMania for a multitude of reasons. One of those reasons being it was a great show. But night two, like, oh, that first match with The Fiend, and I get it. Everybody, everybody loves The Fiend. The Fiend is great. What a great thing. Oh, what a great thing for The Fiend. Ransom, you want West State dinner? Fire, baby, baby. Oh, at the end of the day, I look at The Fiend and go, really? Really? Like, do I, though? Like, oh, oh well, the stipulation was by this time, this year, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I know. But, like, it's a constant disappointment with The Fiend. Not of any fault of Bray Wyatt's. It's all of fault of the booking. Let me it's pose something to you booking. real quick. So yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to throw two names out here. You tell me who you think is more successful at WrestleMania. Sasha Banks or Bray Wyatt? Oof. Like more successful as in how many wins? More wins, like how they came across, etc. How how they looked in their in their matches. Sasha. Yeah, I, I don't know about wins and losses. And you, I'm no fan of Sasha Banks. But you, as far as like shows that they've put on, performances that they've done, matches, matches that I've gone away from going in. like, oh, that was a good match. It's Sasha. It depends on it depends on your definition because I feel a swerve coming here. You are right, Poot. Sasha Banks is 0-6, but yet in losing, much the much akin to Shawn Michaels, whose WrestleMania record is not that great, yet is known as WrestleMania. Mr. Uh, WrestleMania. Sasha yep. Banks has put on some barn burners, and even though she's not been successful at WrestleMania, has looked pretty damn good. Bray Wyatt, uh, and, and yes, I am figuring in last year's WrestleMania as a victory, as he made John Cena disappear. Uh, but he has not been all that successful either. Uh, yes, his first match uh, with uh, Cena at WrestleMania 30 was good, but then Cena buried him for two months afterward. And then, yes, his match with Taker was great at WrestleMania 31, and then it was over. So, and then WrestleMania 32 happened, and The Rock came out and buried Eric Rowan in like two seconds, and I'm like, well, that's the end of Bray Wyatt. And, uh, yeah, so, WrestleMania 33, when he lost to Orton, WrestleMania 37, when he lost to Orton, etc. Um, so, my, my point is this, is that you can make somebody strong look great in a losing effort without absolutely beating someone <coughs> over the head with it, like they do with Sasha Banks or HBK back in the day, but they're not. With Bray Wyatt, I don't feel like he's ever had a good showing, even though I just said that he had two really good WrestleMania matches back-to-back -back, uh, uh, seven to six years ago, respectively. I don't feel like The Fiend or Bray Wyatt, whomever, has ever had a good showing at the show of shows. I feel well, like it's... I feel like it's because this is quick, Tom. This is really quick. I feel like it's because they looked at The Fiend and went, look at all the money we made. Okay, we bled him dry. Now throw him away. Well, here's two things, and you're probably not wrong on that. Uh, let's not let's not remember the one golden rule. Going over does not mean you have to get over in the match, or you don't have to go over in the match to get over. You can get over and still lose. So to, to Beef's point, yes, that's how Shawn Michaels is. 
Mr. WrestleMania because he's just one of the best ever uh, in, in and out of WrestleMania, you know, uh, every, all time. Um, and number two, I had a number two. Damn it. Um, it... I I think with with what the problem is with Bray is, yeah, he may have had one or two good matches, but it's just, it, it, again, it boils down to a problem that WWE has had, and we've mentioned it especially on Monday Night Raw with creative and, and whatever at nauseum is inconsistent booking. They don't connect the dots. You can have a great match here and a great match there, but if you can't string the shit together, what fucking good is it? Uh, you know, like, uh, that's the thing. Like, Sasha, you know, her record may be shit at Mania, but she's had consistently, for the most part, over the course of her career, she's been consistently well booked. You know, I, I, again, I, I don't I don't understand what the problem is. I, I know what part of the problem is it's fucking Vince McMahon is goddamn ego power trip and not wanting to let wrestlers fucking be wrestlers and have a handle in the goddamn creative making everything so over scripted and so fucking over diluted that at the end of it you're left there scratching your head going what the fuck are we watching why do we why should we care and uh, then let me we, say oh sorry I thought we're done no 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 go uh, on I just yeah let me say this. I think my biggest takeaway from this year's WrestleMania will be this. NXT takeover, ride or die. Uh, what was it? Stand and, stand deliver. and deliver. Dead man's chest. Uh, yeah, that was stand <laughs> and deliver. NXT stand and deliver had two great nights. I will remember this NXT by far. Then we go on to WrestleMania. This, this event was, since the start of this stupid COVID, was the first wrestling event to have a big live crowd in a stadium. First time. This is the one, like, this is the restart. In the wrestling industry, they push the reset button right here. Hey, guys, guess what? We're going to have a big live crowd in this arena. And we're going to do this event live in front of, a, for what COVID is, a shit ton of people. And it was such an utter disappointment. I feel like WWE, as they are want to do, took what could have been the great reset, the great restart, the great rebirth of wrestling post-COVID, or on the way to post-COVID, however you want to classify it, and they just underwhelmed, like they just underwhelmed it. And I understand night one was was good. It was a good night showing for night one. But from this fan's perspective, at the end of the day, night one and night two is one event. Yes, it transpired over two different nights, but it's WrestleMania. It's one event. And at the end of the day, WrestleMania as a whole left me disappointed because they had the golden opportunity to put on the best wrestling show in front of a, a packed arena. And I say packed for, you know, COVID times. And they didn't. 
They just botched it. Uh, I, I just I, I don't know where the disconnect is between the product that they put on and the fans that want to cheer for the product. We shit a lot on WWE on this show. That's tried and true. Stand and deliver. That's what we do. And I don't show up on this show giddy and excited and wanting to shit on WWE because I'm a fan of wrestling. I'm not a fan of one company over another. This isn't a, a Monday Night War like, you you know, back then you rooted for WCW or you rooted for WWE. There were people in distinct corners who wanted one to succeed and one to fail. There were people intermixed that enjoyed both products like myself. But there were definite people going, WCW or WWE. Nowadays, I want all wrestling companies to succeed because as they do better, my enjoyment of the product goes higher. I get more of an enjoyment out of a product when every wrestling company is succeeding and doing well and putting on great shows and doing great things. I don't want to shit on WWE, but they don't make it easy for me to not shit on them, especially when they do stuff like this year's WrestleMania. They don't make it easy for me to not shit on them. What are you doing with The Fiend? What are you doing in a match of Sheamus and Riddle? Like, I get it. Riddle blundered the thing. Is that worthy of him losing a title? Does Sheamus need the United States Championship? This dude has held multiple world titles. Is, does this guy need the United States Championship? No. I think it was do a we, punish. Do we need to do things like break up the Hurt business? Uh, <sighs> There are so many things that WWE does well, but they seem, at least for me, to be overshadowed by the things that they do so piss poorly. Yep. I, I feel like the 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 Sheamus win was a punishment to Riddle. Um, I, I do. I, I truly believe that. I truly believe it's a punishment to Matt Riddle um, for his his very, very glaring botchery of his lines instead of... You know, Matt Riddle's someone that you need to just let say what he wants to say. Just say, hey, don't swear or say any, like, things. Just be you. And if they would have done that, I don't think they would have run into that issue. Also, they paired him with Asuka. No offense to Asuka, but, man, she can't, like, feed back at him. You know what I mean? No. Um, no. And I think, honestly, it was that. And the other thing is, um, as far as, um, uh, what was it, the Big E um, uh, Apollo yeah, Crews match? Cruz. Listen, you, we, yeah, having another heel win and having another heel do that, and yeah, we might lose the the accent and everything. But honestly, Apollo Cruz is talented enough, and this gimmick, in my opinion, has enough legs to it if booked correct. There's that phrase that they're not going to do right, but if they yep. book it correctly, Bulge. if they do it, then it will work. It will work like it, it, it'll it'll be good and it'll be entertaining because Apollo Crews really seems to be invested in what he's doing right now. So, um, like I, I, I just, report one thing you, know, you just said. Sure. So and I don't disagree with you. It's not a retort because I disagree with you. I right. agree. I think Matt Riddle losing the title was a punishment. But 
I feel like where WWE failed is that if, if you need to punish this guy for botching that line, like if that's the hill you're going to die on, do you need to punish him at WrestleMania? Do you need to punish him at the WrestleMania, the first wrestling event with a, with a big live crowd? Could this not have waited for backlash? No. Could it not have waited for the Monday night after WrestleMania? Like, punish the guy, fine. I don't have a problem with that, per se. I mean, like, yeah, okay. Like, do you really got to take the title off of him because he flubbed one line? Really? Yeah. But, hey, you do you. But, like, you not only punished him, but I feel like you punished the fans on his behalf by by doing it at WrestleMania. You couldn't have done it some other time? That stands out to me. Like, what a poor business decision to to issue that punishment at that particular event. I, I, I agree, but I think it's, that's the thing is that you're, you're missing exactly what it was. It's a power play. It's an absolute power play like that. That's really all it is. I, I hate to say it. I do, but like, that's why they did it. It's like, Hey, this is what happens whenever you be, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, the whole thing. Like I'm, I'm, and that's what it is and that's the problem is that i think we saw a true punishment on the grandest stage of them all for someone that they already have been fumble fucking with like matt riddle when he came in it was this huge get and it was a big deal because matt riddle is legit i mean he he's legit like i mean he he's nothing to to you know it's nothing to sneeze at like you know and that's that's kind of the problem is that um, they do these kind of things and they think that people won't pick up on it. And like maybe I'm tinfoil hatting a little bit, but it's true. It's I, true. I think Ran- I, th- I think Ransom hit the nail on the head earlier on when he said, uh, you know, I, and I feel the same way. I'm a I'm a fan of I'm a fan of all wrestling. I'm not an AEW mark. I'm not a WWE mark. Like I, I, I mark out for what I want to mark out for. I celebrate the good. Uh, I'm critical and, you know, uh, I'm critical of the bad, you know, like we, like we've said, no company is perfect. You know, AEW has its flaws, i.e. it's women's division and wrestlers, not, not utilizing good wrestling psychology all the time. And just like not selling shit. Um, like I, as as you guys were sitting here talking, I was watching the the background match. Uh, I was watching the main event match with uh, Darby Allen versus Matt Hardy in a uh, basically like a Falls Count Anywhere, no disqualification uh, match. There there was a whole fucking circus parade of people coming down around and everybody faffing about. And at one point, I watched Matt Hardy give Darby Allen uh, a twist of fate with a steel chair around fucking Darby Allen's neck. Guess what happened after that? Kick out a two. I'm like shit like that. That, that irks me a little bit. So that, you know, they have their flaws. WWE you're obviously, you know what we, what we think their flaws are because we're mentioning them now. But again, I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't go, I, I don't gear up. Every time we do this podcast, we're like, ha ha, time shit on WWE. Fuck yeah, mm-hmm. buddy. Let's do this. No, no. 
gets my fucking blood pressure up makes me disappointed in the product yep. makes me go like why the fuck i last year and i stuck to this what did i say whenever fucking goldberg won the title off the fiend at fucking saudi blood money what did i say i would do i stopped watching i didn't even watch wrestlemania last year i said maybe i would pick up and start watching again at mania just because it's wrestlemania and then covid happened and i was kind of like well Maybe I won't watch. And I did watch for a while. And I slowly started to get back into it over the summer and everything. But, I mean, if you go back and even listen to the podcast episodes from then, I mean, I was fucking disconnected from wrestling. I I just didn't give a shit. Because I didn't feel like WWE gave a shit either. I feel like they were just like, we're going to do what the fuck we want to do. And screw you. You're either going to watch it or you won't because we're WWE. And we've been here forever. Then, now, forever. We're never going anywhere. And you will have our product because we're the only thing that matters. No, so that's not the case. That that's not, you know, the, like, no, that's not the case. WWE pull your heads out of your asses. There are other wrestling companies out there that you could fucking learn a thing or two from at certain times. Here's the thing that I'll say about WrestleMania kind of tying it all in a bow. Ransom said earlier that WrestleMania is supposed to be the end of, uh, you know, stories beginning of new ones. Yes. Sure. Uh, but for the most part, it's your blow-off. Uh, and, and and as such, like, most of the time, the good guy's supposed to win. The most memorable and best WrestleManias have a better face-to-heel-win ratio than the ones that are lackluster. Uh, the ones that go about 50% or worse, uh, heel-to-face-win ratio are the ones that we typically go, oh, that wasn't a very good one, like WrestleMania 32. Let me read all the heels that won this year's WrestleMania. Bobby Lashley, AJ and Omos. Um, I don't know if Natty and Tamina were technically heels. I think that they were. They're who uh, fucking cares. <laughs> uh, I, I think Rhea was booked as a heel, but there was no way she was going to pull that off. Apollo Crews. Sheamus, Randy Orton, Shania, and Roman Reigns. That's, I don't know, I, I, I didn't count, but that's almost 50%, if not more than 50% of the fucking matches won by the heel character. That is not how a good story is written. At the end of Endgame, the Avengers weren't beaten by Thanos. At the end of all those medieval fucking storytelling uh, sto- stories we tell, the dragon doesn't beat the knight, even though we fucking know that a dragon would. The knight always wins. For fuck's sake, tell a good story. And I... to Tom's point, tell it the whole way through. Consistently. And, and I will say this, Ransom. You may not have to worry about whether or not you consider uh, night one and night two to all be one event because who knows how much longer if we even have a two night WrestleMania event for they did it. This is only what this is only the second year they've done it. Reportedly, they want to go back to one night. And I think Uh, that would be a terrible decision, especially especially if they keep fucking inconsistent booking like this, too, because people will tune out halfway through and say, fuck this. I'm done. What else is on? I've said it myself, I don't mind, and me being a wrestling uh, historian, if you will, 
I don't mind going on a wrestling bender and watching eight hours of good wrestling. Even that, if there's some bad in there. That's the key word. That's the key. Good. WrestleMania 35 was a endurance test. At the end of the night, I felt good. Rollins won. Becky won. You know, it, 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 uh, Kofi won. Like, it was a feel-good night. And I was like, okay. That was an endurance trial. We, we got to see the, uh, the the demon come back. Samoa Joe crushed Rey Mysterio in like 30 seconds. Oh, thank God. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, it was an endurance trial, but it fucking was worth it. I was in the minority. I remember everybody bitching about WrestleMania 38 or 35 being like eight hours long with the two-hour pre-show included. Uh, and understandably, this was much more bite-sized. And here's the thing. Yep. You got two fucking shows, two world titles, two women's world titles, two sets of tag team titles, two mid-card titles. That is setting itself up for you to have two nights. Who's the loser? They're going to pack Dallas Stadium next year, whether it's one night or two. They're going to sell out both fucking nights if they want to run it. Yep. They'll sell out in L.A. both nights if they want to run them. I, I, I don't understand, like, it's not like you have to come up with a new set for the next night. No, it was the same shit. I, I, don't, I, I don't understand why you would want to go back to one night. Now, here's, and from my perspective, I can't do that. I can't do eight hours of wrestling. One... I like wrestling. We do a weekly podcast about it. So I obviously had to give a shit about it. That's a long ass show for me to sit through. And if you couple the fact that I'm a husband and a father, I can't take what is, for all intents and purposes, an entire work day's worth of time and say to my wife and my children, hey, sorry, I'm watching WrestleMania. You know, like, I, I'd love to play with you, but I'm watching WrestleMania. I'd love, to, I'd love to, to talk with you about your day, but I'm watching WrestleMania. I'd love to, you know, take time to, to give you a, a bath, tuck you in at night, read you a story, but I'm watching WrestleMania. I feel like as a responsible spouse and, and, and father, I can't do that. Now, I get it. Not everybody's in my shoes. So I could be in the vast minority of this. But when you have two nights... Like, yeah, if we're going to gather at somebody else's house, I could take one night and go, hey, you know what? I'm going to go to Tom's, or I'm going to go to Beef's, and I'm going to spend four hours, and I'm going to watch WrestleMania. The next night, I, I, I can tune in my full attention to WrestleMania after my children go to bed. But I can't, I can't say, like, oh, it's 6 o'clock, or oh, it's 5.30. Sorry, family, I've got to push you aside because I've got to watch wrestling. Not I've got to, but like, sorry, guys, I'm watching wrestling. I, I can't do that. So having two nights of that works so much better for me as somebody with a family that I, that I have to devote my time to. I have to put their time above other things. And two nights of wrestling allows me to do that. And as we've seen... It's possible, like Beef said, they don't have to tear down a set. They don't have to tear down a ring. They go home at the end of that night. They come back the next night. 
The set's already up. The ring is already up. You just have to push go. Why would you not? Why would you not do that? I mean, just just the attendance alone. Like, take the gate that you get at WrestleMania and multiply that by two. The biggest selling wrestling spectacle in the world. Where you're packing, Dallas is going to have a hundred grand in there next year. Maybe more. LA is going to have probably 60, 70, maybe 80 grand the next year. Take that times two. You're, and, and yes, I understand that some of those tickets are sold as a package. I understand all of that. But at the end of the day, it's more money. You're getting more yep. money from sponsors for a separate event. You're getting more advertising revenue. You're getting more money from Peacock, I'm sure, for shilling a separate event. Like, yep. more, more, more. There is literally no downside to it. I, yeah. Even, even even night one, so I, I have my reservations about NXT being two nights. I watched night one on Peacock. There wasn't any stupid commercials. There wasn't any, like, um, picture-in-picture. The only time, the only way that I knew that there was a commercial break is because of the audio cutting in and out. That's it. Like, I I, I was pleased as fucking punch with night one on, 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 on Peacock above Stand and Deliver. So it, they can do it. Yeah, dude. I understand whether they don't. Well, that, and, yep. and, and that's the thing is that, like, the uh, and I mean, I, 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 I feel like it needs said multiple times that I'll tell you what, as for the fan, it's so much easier to digest even if it's yep. bad yep. you know what i mean like this year like night one was good night two was the drizzlingest of shits but but it's still like you know it's still better and easier to digest than going okay it's three o'clock in the afternoon let's get ready for the wrestlemania pre-show like you know what i mean oh. it, that that yeah that that's, is exhausting that's tough for people to watch exhausting it is. it's tough for and We've even seen it. We've, I can't remember how many times Poot and Beast, you guys have commented on how, like, by the end of WrestleMania, when it's an eight-hour thing, how you can tell verbally and visibly that the crowd is getting tired. Yep. Yep. You don't want that. You don't want your main event of WrestleMania to have an exhausted, tired-out crowd. You want them to have enough energy to be pumped for the main event that you're putting on at your show of shows, your spectacle. Absolutely. Yep. And, and honestly, if you're looking at it from a business standpoint too, as a business, you always want to grow. Well, that means attracting new fans. What's an easier way to attract new fans. Hey, there's this four hour show on tonight. Uh, and there's going to be another four hour show tonight. If you like tonight, you'll love tomorrow night. Ha 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 ha. We didn't this year though. But my point being, that's a lot more appealing as a, a quote unquote casual fan, I would think, than here's a fucking eight hour long show. You better strap in at fucking three o'clock in the afternoon and be available until fucking 11 o'clock at night or later because you don't want to miss a single second of a razzle. Even, even a lapsed fan, like they're yeah. all, all these people who grew up buying these fucking DX shirts and the Austin shirts and the NWO shirts. These millions of people are out there. They don't want to watch the product anymore. What's easier to appeal than, hey, you know, it's WrestleMania. Come over, bring some suds, we'll have a good time. I'll yeah. tell you why. And, and I'm going to speculate. This is 100% just beef speculation here. Don't sue me, Vince McMahon. But I think it's Vince McMahon. 
I, I, I 100% think he's just the old man going, well, we've always done it this way. This is how we're going to keep doing it every single year. No, man. <laughs> like, Beef's, this no, shit, man. Beef's, this shit works. Beef's Vince McMahon yep. might be my favorite Vince McMahon. Because it sounds yeah. it sounds extra incredulous, and it's just my favorite thing in the world. Not like, not and that's and that's the problem is that like, we're we're hitting a threshold with them where they're not evolving. And and I I'd like to just really quick because we've been, we have been literally in the words of the the angry video game nerd diarrhea dumping all over WrestleMania. Let's talk about mm -hmm. one of the biggest most positive highlights here, Bianca Belair. Like, yep. first of all, the match. The match was fantastic. That hair yep. whip was the grossest noise I've heard in a long time. That was yep. the definition. Because I, I just imagine whenever that happened, Beef and I both cringed and went, whoa. And and Tom Tom as well. Because we were talking about, we said, oh, yeah, when she was in NXT, she used to put beads in her hair, and that's what busted people open. I was like, well, she doesn't have beads in her hair this time, but I'll bet you, you know, it, it would do. That noise happened, and I just imagine Ransom's, Ransom, do me a favor. Do the gasp for me. <gasps> that. Yeah. I, that. I just imagine him doing that. Yeah. Well, I, and was, on, I, mean, I was on the drive home. And yeah. I was listening to that match. I, you know, of course, I wasn't watching because I had to watch the freaking road. I was exhausted. It was raining. It was dark. Yep. But I heard that point in the match, and I went – I think I even said it out loud. I was like, what the hell was that? <laughs> and then I, then I heard the announcer say, you know, the hair whipped. I'm like, holy shit, that noise that I just heard come out of my car speakers was her hair whip? Good Lord. And then I went yeah, back that's... and rewatched it, and it's like, oh, and that's where wrestling purists have a point. Why put somebody through a barbed wire flaming table that's been done to death mm -hmm. whenever you could just simply whip somebody with your hair? Like, yeah, it probably sucked real bad. Probably not as bad as going through a barbed wire flaming table. Uh, it sounded great. It looked amazing. The aftermath was awesome. And Sasha Banks, again, proved why she is the best women wrestler in the world because she, as soon as she got on camera, she was leaning, like flexing to her side so that it was opening the wound. And she was basically like, Oh my God, can you believe this? Like I, it was a great spot. And yeah. that's the one thing that I will say that wrestling purists, <clears throat> Kato will say, and uh -oh. are probably right on that it, you know, why work harder when you can work smarter? But yeah, and that's that the thing that I don't understand match. about WrestleMania this year. How do you end night one on that high? I mean, not the uh, hair whip aside, the one, two, three, the I could I could hear so clearly the audible explosion of the fans in oh, that arena. Road Warrior at the pop. end of that show. Road Warrior, Road yes. Warrior pop. Yes, that's how you send fans home. Happy. That's how you end a wrestling show. You have that end of night one and then immediately go in to the diarrhea ridden drizzling shits that is night two. I don't understand how you do that. I don't understand how you put on such a, such a successful night one. You end on such a high and then you start out night two with the fiend losing clean to Randy Orton. What, what's, what's happening?
Yeah, it's it's it doesn't again inconsistency doesn't make sense. Not connecting the dots, it's just it's just bad. It's, it's just out of bad. touch. How yeah, much out of touch? Let me ask this question: How much do you think this was? Um, this was Vince McMahon and his uh, tried and true tradition of saying, "Well." we're going to just pull a fast one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, that it, it feels like a lot of that booking. It felt like a fast one. You guys remember the Steelers playoff game from this year? Uh, how were they? in the playoffs? Was, Yeah. Right. How there was like, they, they got the ball. It was snapped over Ben's head. head nobody dove for it. And it was a touchdown for the Browns. And it just never looked back. That's called momentum. Momentum is a real fucking thing in sports, sports entertainment, whatever you want to call it. I have watched so many combat sports, so many sports, period, that I know it's a real damn thing. And even whenever it is fucking scripted, you can have momentum. And you can ride that momentum or you can absolutely trash that momentum. And when you go from the highest high of Bianca Belair winning that SmackDown title to having the big pop of the night, the Fiends comeback, the entrance, the, the hoopla surrounding it, beaten by Randy Orton. And here's the thing. I just read an article that Orton was always supposed to win. The Fiend was never supposed to win. The way that the, the, way that the match was changed is the ending of it in that Randy Orton was supposed to win, but be held off the, you know, held off the cards for the next, you know, foreseeable future. But obviously we didn't get that. So it was always in the fucking cards for the apex predator to win. Uh. And that is absolutely pissing in the wind. I now what, wh who, who, what report is that? Uh, not some fucking website called Web is Jericho. I'll tell you that. Well, it wasn't um, from Web is Jericho. It was from I got that from Wrestling Observer. I got my information from Wrestling Observer on that one. Sorry, I didn't know I'd have to cite my sources. Um, That's what you do when you're a journalist, Captain Wow. Well, guess what? We're not fucking journalists. We are fucking podcasters. That's what we we, um, we speculate. We talk that's, speculation. That's what. Uh, Never mind. But yeah, yeah, go you on. Know what? Yeah, I, I I hear you, but yeah. Uh, okay, here we are. You don't um, <laughs> do, 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 do. Uh, Via cultaholic. Uh, Aiden Gibbons on cultaholic. All right, cultaholic. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me let me let me pull my poot poot here and uh, read the entire article for you. One of those matches, talking about multiple matches to the finish exchange, uh, one of the matches was The Fiend versus Randy Orton, which opened night two. The plan was always for the Apex Predator to walk away with the victory, but he would have been written off TV for a good period of time. And this began Bruce Pritchard switched the plans to a surprise finish only hours before the bell rang, though, uh, and Orton was ultimately in action on Monday Night Raw against Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman. Okay, number one. Don't get salty with me. Number two, I was going to say Cultaholic is a reliable website. They're really good. It was the former guys from What Culture Wrestling who moved on and made Cultaholic. I was going to actually back you up on that. So don't get I, shitty with me. I I'll, come, I'll come over yeah, there. Yeah, get shitty. Get them. Uh, so, so let's... I, 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 I actually I just saw this... Uh, I'm 
Sorry, go ahead, Tom. Actually, I was going to say, the more we're talking about it and thinking about the spectacle that is WrestleMania, that there had to be... Uh, I don't know necessarily, regardless if the plan was always for Orton to win or the the finish was changed or whatever, I have to think that for all the uh for all the the quote unquote special effects that and shout out to Tom Savini Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh area's own Tom Savini with the work that he's been doing with the fiend get well yeah, Tom work on get Alexa well but what's that oh he's he's good now oh he's is he good, good now he's recovered okay yeah yeah he's re- yeah good. he's recovered uh for those who don't know what we're talking about uh Tom Savini was uh hit by somebody uh while he was riding his bicycle here in pittsburgh um, but he's hey watch it i'm one of them uh but you watch it apparently I, I watch well enough i'll tell you this much if somebody's walking their dog on a trail and they don't have them on a leash fido's gonna come a speed bump if you come after come out in front of my bike anyways that aside hmm. um it, it's almost happened trust me people are idiots be sure um, to take your hate to Casual Gaming Dad over on Facebook for that one, guys. Yeah, do it. I don't give a fuck. If you're an irresponsible fucking pet owner on the trail and you don't know trail etiquette, go fuck yourself. Yeah, he um, ain't scared. I ain't scared. Fuck you. Anyways. Yeah, oh. uh, so anyway, no, no, no. But anyways, I have to imagine that there, there still had to be the, the fucking Alexa Bliss bleeding the black goo. I still have to imagine that had to still have been involved somehow because that seems like something that would be too last minute to change. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe I, like the more we're sitting here talking about it, I will say like we mentioned earlier and I'll, and I'm with Poot on this, that I'm willing to give it half a chance because I'm interested to see where it could possibly go. And the, here's the key phrasing. If done correctly. I'm still not happy with the fact I'm still not happy with the fact that Orton went over because by all intents and purposes, when the fiend came out, it it was like a fast track, like from the entrance to him getting in the ring until when they first even made contact. It had fucking fiend winning all over it. And if they did, if they changed that just for Vince to go, ah, we swerved them. Man, get the fuck out of here. You are really more out of touch than what we've already speculated you to be, you crazy old decrepit fuck. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me, and I think that harkens back to the whole fact that uh, allegedly they want to go back to one night of WrestleMania. Uh, and I, I don't... I think it's part... Um, I think it's part that's the way we've always done it, but I also think it's part arrogance. To where Vince McMahon will say, well, we're WWE. Wrestling fans will watch an eight-plus-hour WrestleMania because we're WWE. What are you going to do? Not watch it? Ha, ha, ha. I don't think so. When we say WrestleMania is going to be 10 hours, guess what you're going to do? You're going to sit there for 10 hours, and you're going to watch stupid WWE because that's who we are. Nope. I think it's arrogance. I'll fucking, I'll fucking hang around with my boys or I'll go do other shit. I'll go, I'll do a 10 hour stream before I'll sit there and watch fucking 10 hours straight of shitty product. If that's what it's going to be. I'll tell you. It wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if, if the change was just Vince going, Oh yeah. Well, watch this. We'll, we'll swerve them. Good. Ah, 
it wouldn't surprise me. I think that arrogance exists in someone who is that far out of touch with reality. Now, I I kind of want to segue for a second because uh, we we said we were going to tie up the WrestleMania talk, and we've still managed to still managed to keep it going. But it bears it bears you know it bears mentioning. So I you know it is what it is. But uh, another possible uh, this is like you really got to search for this fucking diamond in the rough here. Um, like I mentioned about Monday Night Raw, not only the hopeful shit with Alexa Bliss and the fiend seeing where this goes but we mentioned about the hurt business being broken up at the end of uh at the end of monday night raw which again was a disappointment much like night two of mania because there was no big there was no big shock and awe as there typically traditionally has been on the the raw after mania we usually get some sort of big return and call and or call-ups from uh from nxt we got a returning Viking Raiders team, and they went over uh, against um, Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander, former of the Hurt Business. So, like, yeah, I'm glad to have the Viking Raiders back, but it wasn't like a big shock and awe, you know, debut or anything like that. It just, it was there. And it was literally in the middle of, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was in the middle of the show. So, again, not, not, big, not a big fucking important spot. Uh, what happened at the end of the night was a triple threat match between, um, uh, oh my God, Drew McIntyre, uh, Braun Strowman, and that young up and comer Randy Orton, fresh off of his win off the Fiend. That was supposed to determine the number one contender to Lashley uh, to have a match with Lashley at WrestleMania Backlash, which I hate that fucking name. Why is it not just Backlash? I digress. Uh, McIntyre wins, and at the end of it, we get MVP coming out on stage, and then we get uh, Mace and T-Bar of the now-debunked Retribution come out and beat up on McIntyre. So now we potentially have them working with MVP. Maybe they'll be in the Hurt Business, maybe not. The only bright spot from this is maybe, just maybe, we won't have them called fucking slap nuts and dick bar and fucking boomerang and fucking boomer quanger and whatever. Mm, ooh. Maybe we'll get Dio Madden and Dominic Dijakovic and they won't be wearing fucking Mad Max slash BDSM get up uh, anymore. I don't know. Hopefully. Now, do That's they still would... call it the hurt business? Do they repackage this stable as something completely new or does it even matter? What are your reasons. thoughts on that? Hashtag reasons. That's what that would be my response to that. But I would say they'd probably as long as as long as MVP is still there, as long as there's still some sort of founding member of the Hurt Business there, then I say it's still the Hurt Business. I'd say as long as MVP is still involved, I say it's the Hurt Business still. It's option C. It doesn't matter. None yeah, there's that. That's too. None of this matters. Welcome to WWE where the fucking points don't matter. And all the scenarios are hey, made up on the fly. A real quick tweet uh, by uh, Sean Sapp of uh, Fightful.com. This is so much money, and, 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 and they're going to fucking blow it. But how good would this match be? The, the, the four horsewomen <clears throat> being Bailey, Sasha, Charlotte, and Becky yep. versus Bianca Belair, Raquel Gonzalez, Rhea Ripley, Dakota Kai, Survivor Series. I how have... good of a fucking match would that be? So I saw somebody put that on one of, one of the... Um... 
one of the things, one of our wrestling groups on Facebook. And I will say this. I'm here for it, but replace Dakota Kai with Asuka. I see that. And I'd be here for it. No offense to Dakota Kai, but honestly, when I think of like the 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 new class of possible new horsewomen, I I don't think Dakota Kaizen is is in that namesake. I feel like Asuka is because she was the dominant champion. Hell, I'd say who do we say? Uh, what we said: Rhea Ripley, Raquel Gonzalez, Bianca Belair. I say you could throw in Asuka. I'd say to a degree, if they start to build her back up, you could put in uh, Shayna Baszler because I mean, God knows they fucking haven't done much with her on Raw. Yeah, she may be a tag champ, but I mean, she's fucking grouped with Dark Chungus, so I mean, that's just meh, whatever. Also, real quick, uh, you know, uh, let's let's end the podcast on a high note because that's what you do. You end on a high note, Vince. Preach. Um, both AEW and uh, NXT uh, Wednesday Night War No More. Uh, it seems like both of them moving to separate nights has been beneficial to them. Um, NXT coming up with, uh, 805,000, which is well above what they've been typically drawing in. Um, and, uh, AEW at the highest rating that they've had since their debut at 1.219 million. Jeez. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, those are, those are pretty fucking that good is, numbers. The pretty good number is, is an understatement. That's outstanding. Now, yeah. uh, you know, AEW did have Mike Tyson, so, you know, there's that. But, I mean, outside of that, they weren't really advertising too, too much. Uh, NXT coming off the head of, uh, of, of a great pay-per-view. I don't know what people were, were, were expecting. Um, but, I mean, both shows were great. And we finally got the question of when's Kushida going to get his. Uh, I'm a little sad that it's the Cruiserweight title and not the North American title, but... You know, a man can dream, and maybe someday they're, they're actually going to put together an actual Goddess to God junior heavyweight division and have it be decent. Yeah, I was. Yeah, not, uh, a, I was not a two or five live. I, no, I was very, yeah. I was very surprised by, uh, by, uh, you know, Escobar uh, dropping that. How he did? Yeah, that's kind of weird, isn't it? It, it was. It was. Um, but you know, again, Kushida getting the win is cool. And there's still that potential. Uh, you could throw Pete Dunn in the mix too, because he's the bruiser weight. Um, it, you know, it's. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel. I feel like the cruiserweight title. God, it, I, I feel like it has more legitimacy on NXT, anyways, rather than like I never watched Two Hundred Five Live. It's not that nope. I'm not like no. It, it, for me, it's not even a matter of. Oh, the product isn't good because they put on fantastic matches, but I, I there was never anything for me to get invested in. Like, I don't know. I just didn't have a good reason. It, like, it's got to be more than just the the in ring matches. You got to give me, you got to give me some storylines. You got to give me, oh, you know, give me some sort of emotional, uh, give me emotionally engaged. You know, it didn't well, seem like they it. did that. Yeah, What's that? It, it it didn't seem like they did that. Yeah, for me it didn't. I don't know. Maybe I maybe I need to maybe I need to take a closer look at it. I don't know. 
No, um, you're not wrong. The, the the problem is that is that is that like the 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 pie in the sky on 205 Live was their cruiserweight title, which WWE has treated like a joke every time it's been used. Uh only since it's become the NXT cruiserweight title, I think is it really starting to gain some polish. Um yeah. so I'm I, I'm all for it. I'd like to see a guy like Ricochet go down and start dabbling with it. Um, oh, I'd like to see him be nice. done. Yeah, right? Yeah. T- t- take a guy who's, who's fucking sitting in catering every week and get him involved. I'd like to see Pete Dunne get involved. I'd like to see Devlin continue to, to be there. Uh, take a guy like Champa. Uh, he's he's right around the 205 mark. Like, you know, have him cut some weight. He could put on some classics. That, that's what I'm saying. And that's the one thing. So if I had, if, you know, put a gun to my head, you say the one thing that Impact did better than anybody else in the world, uh, other than Samoa Joe, was the... Uh, the the X Division uh, title because yeah. the the tagline was it's about it's, it's not about weight limits it's about no limits it didn't matter if you were three hundred five it didn't matter if you were one eighty five it didn't matter if you were one hundred five who cares if you can go out there and perform and put on a great cruiserweight style I'm sorry junior heavyweight style match yeah. you had a chance at it I think that the NXT cruiserweight championship could potentially be that and with Kishida holding it I have no doubt that it will be down the line. Yeah. So my burning question coming off of Beef and his ratings is if the trend continues, if we continue to see NXT rise on Tuesday, if we continue to see AEW numbers rise on Wednesday, when NXT, nope, nope, when AEW decides to put on their second show, the only other night we have is Thursday that's not, you know, consumed by WWE or AEW. Do you think they put on back-to-back nights? Or do you think they say, well, we don't want to do back-to-back nights, so we're going to have to either do Monday and Friday, go up against Raw or SmackDown, or, you know, do we do back-to-back nights and we do Tuesday now instead of Thursday, and once again go back-to-back with NXT? What's the smart play? And... Well, and there's Saturday too. You know, like their WCW had a Saturday night tradition. Uh, WWF had you know Saturday night main event. So I mean, there's I, there's you know. I think I think the the better question to answer with the question is what will the network allow them to do? Uh, because whenever, if we remember correctly, um, whenever AEW f- was first going to start off wasn't the they they had trademarks and stuff that they were going to have for tuesday night dynamite i thought and it was night dynamite. i thought it was supposed to be tuesday uh, in any case regardless it ended up on wednesday because that's what the network gave them so i i think it's better question of what's the network going to allow them to have um you have to think of what's going to interfere less with um you know basketball whenever it's in season baseball whenever it's in season because those are all those are all usually, uh, you know, basketball is big on TNT, uh, baseball is big on TBS, assuming they stick within uh, the Turner networks, which I can't see why they wouldn't. However, you never know what could happen. Um, I mean, because look at, you know, look at what WWE's done with being on USA and on Peacock, uh, you know, and, and Fox, three different and, and Fox, three yeah, completely separate. You know, you have fucking Fox, you have Viacom and you have fucking NBC like. Three yeah. completely separate, you know, entities. Yeah. So I mean, I almost feel like though at this juncture, like yeah, it mattered 
from a network standpoint, like what they would let them have at the beginning, because AEW wasn't established as a weekly television program. Now that that the Turner networks have seen the powers that be, oh, um, have seen the success of Dynamite. I almost wonder if it's going to be less what they will allow and more what AEW wants, because now they're tried and true and they're proven. They're getting the big ass viewership. Well, and, yeah, and, I mean, I, and, or... and well, and and it's because they're the you know they're the hot new product, and if they keep this upward trend, they're going to be able to have carte blanche if for no other reason than Tony Khan can look and go, all right, we'll go over here because I have the money to make this work. There is that. Yeah. So, I mean, they'll I'm have sure... the cloud. I'm sure that Cody is absolutely chomping at the bit to put a show on Monday nights. I know he is because of what we've seen with Cody before. But again, I'm going to use this phrase a second time. Let's remember the sins of impact past. Anybody remember January 4th of, uh, I think it was 2016 or 17. I do. That's the night that impact went live on Monday night, head to head, uh, with Hulk Hogan debuting. Um, and I remember thinking, Oh, oh, that's a risky gamble because they were right at that line where it's like, man, this is a really good show. If they continue to grow their fan base, they could compete with Raw. Dixie said, we have Hulk Hogan. We're competing with Monday Night Raw. And it's like, mm. and sure enough, like I think two or three months later, they, you know, whelped away with their tail between their legs. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I think that Tony Khan... I think that the rest of the elite is smarter than that. They know that they have some growing to do. They know that they're not perfect and that they need to continue to grow before they actually put on a charge. And at the end of the day, let's remember the mantra. AEW consistently says they're not about competition. They are about a, uh, a, a different product. They're, they're about giving you a, a different option, not about competition. So, I, you know, I'm sure Cody would love it, but I, I, I can't see them going head to head against Raw. Maybe yeah. SmackDown, but I think honestly they'd have a better shot against Raw. Um, I, I do have one other bright point to, to bring up. Uh, and then I don't know if anybody else that else has anything. I just want to say if uh anybody has not already watched the Broken Skull session with uh with Chris Jericho oh. on it, uh, go watch it. It was really good, so good. and and surprisingly the the three that you know the the three letters that you thought you'd never hear on a wwe show came up quite a bit um yes not not to the point where it was at nauseum but it was brought up and it was acknowledged um and 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 i thought it was very i thought it was a very well done uh interview and you know they even both said like well we weren't even sure uh, what was going to happen and you know we weren't sure we were going to be allowed and you know it was like you know Steve went to Vince and said hey you know I'd like to have him on is it okay and he said yeah go ahead that's a great like, idea oh. and he's like are you sure and you know he just wanted to make sure because you know it's like oh this is the forbidden door well, here like it, mm -hmm. well it and and the thing I'm and and sorry to interrupt you, Tom, but like the thing with this is the the thing, I think it's because McMahon trusted Jericho to be prudent and professional because he has always conducted himself as such, and yes. he absolutely was. And he made a very clear point to not only thank Tony Khan but also to thank Vince McMahon 
for allowing yep. that to happen. And that was yep. smart. That was so smart because it sets the precedent for uh, AEW to constantly take the high ground. Yep. And that, I and tell if, you what this, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. As I say, and, and if they're smart, they'll continue to do that. I think, I think we're past, unless it's somebody that's just coming on, um, you know, like somebody that just, that just got to AEW that had been sitting on the sidelines for the last six months, waiting on their contract to run out. Of course, there's going to be some angst and you want to draw from real life emotions and stuff like that. I get that. But you don't also you don't want to beat a dead horse. And I and I think that if that's something that they find, um, you know, that a lot of their people are doing, you know, I think at some point Tony Khan or whoever will be like, hey, listen, why don't we, you know, lay off the, the shit a little bit here? Like we get it, but let's not beat the dead horse. You're here. You know, let's make the most of this and let the angst go there to a degree. Um, but uh, yeah, again, both, you know, both sides being very professional and Steve, you know, bringing it up and, and being very inquisitive about, you know, the starts of AEW and stuff like that with Chris, you know, how he was involved and everything like that. It was just, it was a very enjoyable conversation, uh, a good way to go kill a couple hours if you have it, you know, or break it up into small sections if you got to. Uh, but definitely go back and watch that Broken Skull Sessions with Trish, uh, Chris Jericho. It's the most uh, most recent episode that there is currently. The the other one that was really good is the one with Drew McIntyre. I'll have to go back and watch that because I, I, I haven't watched a Broken Skull Session for so damn long anyways. It's not like I was normally following them as they came out. Um, but this one I definitely did not want to miss just because of oh. the... You know the the impetus of like, oh my god, are they going to mention AEW? Or are they not? Like, what's going to go on here? Like, how's this going to play out? And you know, it, it was it was well done. And it, uh, would, it would literally be not mentioning the elephant in the room. Like they had right. to do it. They absolutely and, and, had. Yeah, to do you it. couldn't you couldn't not mention it. And 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 honestly, for for those who don't already think it or are not in the opinion of Jericho being one of the greatest of all time. Really, if you go back and reflect on the things that they talk about in, in this broken skull session and you really lay it out there, like even Jericho says it himself. He's like, I don't try to be, you know, all puffery and, you know, very egotistical. He's like, but man, reflecting on this, I go back and look and I'm like, wow. Yeah, that was really great. Like I've, I've, I've done a lot of great stuff, you know? And and it's true. He is one of the greatest of all time, and it's just uh, you know, like you said, Puda, consummate, consummate professional, yep. um, it, you know, and and uh, and everything like that. It, it was just very very enjoyable time. So I, I wanted to mention that before I forgot about it. Yeah, dude. And much like Beef said, you send the fans home happy, and for me, yeah, man, this gives me light. If. Vince McMahon is willing to let Chris Jericho come on the Broken Skull Sessions. I feel like that opens up the door to sooner rather than later, perhaps, seeing Chris Jericho go into the WWE Hall of Fame. Now, maybe there's a drastic difference between going on Steve Austin's podcast and being inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame when you're an active AEW competitor, but it gives me hope that 
we're not going to have to wait until Chris Jericho completely retires from wrestling to or see die. him go into, yeah, but to see him go into the WWE Hall of Fame and have that Hall of Fame acceptance speech and be able to talk about his Hall of Fame career. That gives me hope right there. That's a bright spot. Anything, anybody got anything uh, else to add before I we uh, I was gonna, burrito? Hey, I was welcome gonna... to Moe's. Moe's? Oh, what? Moe's. Oh, burrito Lord. time. You know, I haven't been to Moe's in forever. Beef, you got anything else you want to touch on? I just had Moe's the other night. Beef? Oh, man. I think, I think, I think, I think we did a, we did a pretty good job tonight. Uh, you know, uh, you know and I mean, like, we, you know, just, just to kind of reiterate, we're not sitting here cheering that these people have been left off of wwe no we are simply trying to make lemonade out of the piss that is wwe so um which is you know kind of an art of ours so uh, all that being said yeah i mean good luck and with 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 no tongue-in-cheek at all good luck in their future endeavors hope that they do achieve those things that we are hoping for for them um especially samojo man dude dude i Go, Joe. Go, Joe. Go, Joe. Go, Joe. Go. Well, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for tuning into this post-WrestleMania P3 podcast. We really appreciate you listening. And we also really, really, really appreciate you uh, giving us a uh, like on Facebook and, uh, you know, keeping an eye out on there for P3 podcast stuff. That's Pittsburgh Piledriver Podcast on Facebook. You can also find us over on the YouTubes, and you might want to subscribe to us and hit that notification bell. There, I did the thing. Uh, give us a subscriber there again. Just search for Pittsburgh Piledriver Podcast. Uh, you can also go ahead and uh, find us anywhere you get uh, quality podcasts from. Okay, you can go ahead and do that. You can get us on uh, Spotify. You can get us on Google Podcasts. You can get us on iTunes. You can get us wherever quality podcasts are. In fact, I'm really going to take advantage of my uh, star date, April 15th. That's today. I'm going to take advantage of that voice while I still have it. Uh, the uh, and uh, thank yeah, you need to follow us there. Also, you might want to go check out our sponsors as well. We're going to start here with uh, Mr. Frigoff Ransom. You're going to get the keynote this time, buddy. And uh, you check out his YouTube channel, Frigoff Ransom. It's fantastic. And also, not going to lie, Ransom, got all the warm and fuzzies from your last video. Thank you, buddy. It was a lot of fun. Yes. And I enjoyed uh, mixing up my routine. In fact, I changed up my routine today just based on the stuff that we did. And I'll tell you more about that when we're done. Uh, but uh, check out Frigoff Ransom on YouTube. He has uh, He's hilarious. He has great timing. And there's a lot of videos over there. So check him out and give him a subscribe. Why don't you? Also, thank you very much to our very own casual gaming dad himself, Mr. Tiger. Uppercut. Bomb Tom, our resident p3 chooser weight champion uh and his page casual gaming dad on facebook that is casual gaming dad join casual gaming dad's corner as well so give both of them a like and check out the games that he plays play some among us on tuesday he plays a lot of other awesome awesome games and uh how are the uh races going tom how's the uh how's the league um let's see what are we on right now but week um i think we're on like week 13 right now uh, so I would, so I would be overall record of 11 and two. That's pretty um, damn good. Leading, leading my division with a nice, healthy lead. Um, uh, I, so far I've had four, four divisional matchups and I've won all of them. Um, I've got two more divisional matchups here, uh, before the end of the season, this week's game, eh, we'll see. It's uh flicky for Sega. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a weird game. It's It's weird game. It's weird. It's weird. Uh, But you know what? Even if I take a loss this week, um, you know, I I, I feel confident moving forward that I'll that I'll win this division and hopefully we'll get a deep post uh, postseason run. So uh, good deal. Yeah. And that's yeah, uh speed running uh league, by the way, there. It's the uh was it the retro yeah, gaming league is what yeah, it's the called. Facebook Yeah, Facebook Retro Gaming League. Uh we uh it's we we uh we get different games each week and it's not all it's not always just speed run. Sometimes it's high score, sometimes it's you know, progression, sometimes it's speed. It's yeah, we try to we try to keep it interesting depending on the game and uh yeah, what we're presented week to week. Um which they also, I'm going to shamelessly plug. They we also have a podcast for the FB Retro Gaming League. So there you go, check that out too. Yeah, there you go, check that out, and uh, make sure you join again, Casual Gaming Dads. And also, you can find them on YouTube. You can find the vods on Casual Gaming Dad on YouTube, and uh, you'll know it because he's the only one on there. And Casual Gaming Dad 84 on Twitch. Uh, we also want to thank uh, Sean Tischler and his work with IWC in Clearfield. And congratulations to all of the uh, wrestlers that were involved in AEW, AEW Dark, and uh, pushing their careers forward and getting that exposure that they they need so that they can chase their dreams. Also, again, congratulations to Mr. Mambo Taliano and his very successful um his very successful WrestleMania weekend. And uh, we also want to thank Gould Gaming for having uh, awesome Casual Gaming Dad merch over on Gould Gaming. Just search Casual Gaming Dad and especially the Pittsburgh Pile Driver Podcast t-shirt, which is available over there, not for $49.99, for a very reasonable price. And they are very high-quality shirts. You saw, them, uh, saw us wearing them on our live broadcast that we did not... In Philadelphia, not in New York, not in North Carolina, not yelling tonight, not feeling the scream, but in uh, uh, down uh, Pittsburgh way the other weekend for WrestleMania, you can see the shirts and you go, man, I want one of those. Buy all of them. Buy a million of them. Buy $49.99 worth if you want to. And uh, I also want to go ahead and thank myself, Mr. Poot the Bard, and my channel, which I haven't uploaded a video to in a long time because I am very scrutinizing and I'm also hypercritical. So there you go. But still, check out Poot the Bard on YouTube. There's a lot of great backlogs of games from when I was just a little tiny YouTuber and didn't know what I was doing. There's a lot of Binding of Isaac stuff and I've been working on some Binding of Isaac Repentance. There was a new update to that game, so I'm going to put some videos up for that. Uh, thank you guys very much again for listening and uh, for uh, enjoying. By the it. way, we actually just saw we, we actually just sold a shirt last week from the uh, from the Go Gaming page. You 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 guys know where where, where I went to? Let me guess. I went to no. Bob Gray, North Carolina. I'm going to murder you in your sleep so hard. You remember all those punches I didn't give you on WrestleMania weekend? I'm just going to save him for next WrestleMania weekend. Although that beef, that was very clever. I will give you that. Round of applause. Round of applause for beef. That was mighty clever. I will I will give you that. That was very good beef. Proud of you. Because I'm not up for yelling you were. That's why we're good buddies. You pick, you, That's why we'd be a great tag team. Because you pick up where I leave off and I pick up where you leave off. It's absolutely fantastic. Have a wonderful week for myself, the Barbarian, Poot the Bard, Ransom the Madman, Mr. Beef the Legend, and, of course, the best damn chooserweight champion there's ever been, Mr. Tiger. Uppercut. Bomb Tom, have a wonderful, wonderful week. Earth Suvide City. No, I did it wrong. Damn it. (laughs) 